Okay, so we left off yesterday, we finished chapter 1 of Shara HaYichud, and the Alter Rebbe basically explained the idea of the, the expositions and transpositions and changes of letters, etc., how the divine speech, the ten utterances, through the secrets of the Sefer of the 231 gates, the ten utterances is able to become the name of every particular creature that exists in the world, a particular divine speech, that's enclosed within every particular thing that exists. And we spoke out that seemingly, why does the Alter Rebbe, what's, why is this only a question on Chesidus? Everyone believes God created the world. <laughs> the fact that the ten utterances don't mention everything that exists is not a question just on the Baal Shem Tev. Seemingly it's a question on anything that exists. And the end, a question on, on anyone that believes that God created the world, it doesn't say anywhere, it doesn't say in any place, the word Evan. So we explained, we learned that the reason that it's only problem for the Baal Sh- problem, so to speak, the reason that he has to explain is only according to the Baal Shem Tev, is because without the Baal Shem Tev, you understand that God said, poof, let there be a world or ten utterances and the world came into being. But now that we're learning that the divine speech, that the Dvar Havaya, the word of God, becomes every particular thing that exists, and is enclosed within it, and it is its life force, that means what is everything? Everything that exists is God speaking it into being. So for that, so if that's the case, then God has to be saying trillions and trillions of things, and we only, and then the question is, we only find ten utterances. So Alter answers, those ten utterances are too big a light for particular details, and therefore they become, they go through the life force through progressively diminishing degree by degree, there's able to be the particular divine speech that's enclosed within, within every created thing. And that was really, chapter one, was this idea from the Baal Shem Tev. And I mentioned already when we began learning that the incorrect way of understanding the Baal Shem Tev's teaching is continuous creation. That the Baal Shem Tev is just coming to say that Hashem is creating the world continuously. And we know that already from Chazal. We know already God is creating the world continuously. That's not what the Baal Shem Tev is saying. The Baal Shem Tev is saying the fact that God is always creating the world. And another way of saying creating the world, now that we, what we learned, what's another sin, what's a synonymous way, what's another way of saying he's creating the world? That that God is speaking reality into existence every moment. That's what the Baal Shem Tev is teaching, that Hashem is speaking reality into a moment, and therefore, what is everything? Therefore, everything is nothing other than the light of God. Achdos Hashem. That's why it's called Shar Hayichud. And what the Alter Rebbe now is going to do in chapter 2 is explain this idea in a way of Chabad, in a way of wisdom, understanding, and knowledge, meaning a way that we could rationally understand and relate to. Because chapter 1 of Shar Yichud, what was the Baal Shem Tev's teaching based on? A Pasuk in Tehillim. Forever, O God, your word stands firm in the heavens. And we learn that it's not just the heavens, it's all, all created beings, etc., but the Baal Shem Tov didn't explain. He just said, that, that's what it says in the Pasuk. What the Alter Rebbe is now going to do in chapter 2 is explain in a way that we could understand and see why it has to be in such a way. Why it has to be, why it is in such a way, and that we could understand it in a more rational way. So let's learn chapter 2. Says the Alter Rebbe, from the foregoing exposition, from what we said until now. <clears throat> 
meaning that we know that there's that Hashem is continuously bringing the world into existence, and therefore what is the world? It's nothing other than Hashem's light. That's Yehuda Tata. From the foregoing exposition, the answer to the heretics is deduced. Now we could answer the heretics. Based on what we just learned, we have an answer to heretics. Which heretics? Which apikarsim? Which minim? The root of the error of those who deny individual divine providence and the miracles, the signs and miracles recorded in the Torah is revealed. The error of those heretics that deny divine providence and the idea of the miracles recorded in the Torah, we're able to deduce their mistake. So which kind of heretics are we talking about? It's very important to know, to not get confused. He's talking about the type of heresy that's probably the most prevalent historically ever. He's not talking about atheism. Atheism was never a particularly fashionable fad until only the past couple of years. It's become more fashionable. But philosophers throughout the generations didn't never seriously thought that there was just a big bang and everything just fell into place. But but out of nowhere, out of just I don't know, random. But rather the the heresy that was much that is and still till today rampant is what's called as deism. As opposed to atheism, it's called deism. Deism means that there's God, that God created the world and now just let, lets it go to on its own meaning that they deny God's involvement in the world. They believe there's a God that created everything, and they might even believe that up above in the wild blue yonder, you know, sometimes he comes down and whatever. But on a constant basis, that God is involved in the world, that there's divine providence, and that there are miracles, right? Because that, th- those two things show God's involvement in the world. Ashgacha Pratis, divine providence, that shows Hashem's involvement in the world, and miracles, that they deny. They believe there's a God, but they believe God created the world and then left it to run on its own. Left it to run on its own. But the Alter is saying, if we understand well what we just learned in chapter 1, we'll have tshuvas haminam v'gilu shurish ta'usam. We'll have the answer to the heretics and we'll be able to understand what their mistake is. Let's see inside. They err, they make a mistake by making a false analogy. They make a false analogy. What's their false analogy? In comparing the work of God, the creator of heaven and earth, to the work of man and his schemes. The reason that a person would come to such a conclusion, the conclusion that God left the world on its own, is because they're thinking, they're looking at the world and comparing it exactly the way that a person, that a human being is involved in reality. The same, they make a comparison to the work of man and the schemes, the way that a human being is involved in making things. Why? What's the comparison they make? For when a goldsmith has made a vessel, right, when a tzorif has made a vessel, when a person, when a goldsmith has made a vessel, that vessel is no longer dependent upon the smith. When a human being makes something, the person could make a, take a piece of silver, make a kiddush cup, right? A person takes a piece of wood, makes a chair, and now that chair exists without the person. Right? The, the, the person takes material, makes something out of it, and now that thing exists by itself. So they say the same thing. 
Hashem created the world just like a human being makes something once and then it's there. So Hashem too makes the world and then it's there. And then it's just there. It exists. It continues to exist. They say, for when a goldsmith has made a vessel, that vessel is no longer dependent upon the smith. And even when his hands are removed from it and he goes away, let's say the goldsmith removes his hands and goes into the street or even dies. We have vessels today, we have things today that were made by people that lived hundreds of years ago. So they made something, and now it just exists. The vessel remains in exactly the same image and form as when it left the hands of the smith. It exists the same way as when it left the hands of the goldsmith. It doesn't change. It was made, it was brought into existence, and that's it. And now it exists by itself. Says the Alter Rebbe, in the same way... These fools conceive the creation of heaven and earth. In the same way, these fools, these heretics, they say the creation of heaven and earth is the same thing. That it's the same thing like the goldsmith making a vessel. What's the difference though? What's their mistake? But their eyes are covered and they fail to see the great difference between the work of man and his schemes, they don't see the huge difference between when a human being brings something into existence. What's the difference? Why is that different than when God creates the world? What's the difference? Because when the person, a human being, makes something which consists of making one thing out of another which already exists. In the language in Hebrew, shuyesh miyesh. Yesh, miyesh. A human being makes something out of something, out of pre-existent materials. Like we said, there was wood, or there was gold or silver, and the artisan came and made it into a vessel. So what did he, he, what did he actually do? Did he bring something new into reality? The material existed, and more than that, within the material... Is there the potential for it to become the vessel that the human being is going to make? Let's say in a piece of silver, a silver, what do they call it, ing, ingbot, ing, ingbot, a piece of silver, a big piece of silver. Is there within that the potential to be a kiddush cup? Yeah, it could be. It could be anything. A piece of wood has the potential to be a chair and a table. So when a person comes and takes pre-existing material and makes something out of it, all that that person is doing is yesh miyesh, is doing something out of something. Consists of making one thing out of another, which already exists. What does the person do? Merely changing the form and appearance. Oh, I am right. From an ingot, that's the word. From an ingot of silver to a vessel. That's what the person does. They change this ingot, this piece of silver, they make it into a vessel. And the mistake is that they compare that, they compare that to the making of heaven and earth, which is creatio ex nihilo, which is yesh me'ayin, which is creating something from nothing. God didn't have pre-existent materials. There was no pre-existent materials before God created heaven and earth. And so therefore they don't understand that the big difference that when you create something out of nothing, it can't just continue existing by itself. 
Let's give an example. There, there's a mushal, a parable, a famous parable that the Rebbe Roshab gave to explain this idea. And that is as follows. What's an example of something that we do something that's yesh ma'ayin? What's an example of something that we do that's against the nature of something? So the Rebbe Roshab gave an example. Let's say a person takes a rock and throws it up, upwards. You take a rock and you th- the rock has no potential to fly. It's against the rock's nature to fly. It's not against the nature of the piece of wood to be a table. It's not against the nature of a piece of, of an ingot of silver to be a kiddush cup. It has that potential in it. It's true, you need somebody to reveal that potential, but it's not against its nature. In our atmosphere with, with gravity, the way the world is now, a rock cannot fly. And therefore, how will you make a rock fly? If you throw it upwards, now the rock is flying. But how long will the rock continue to fly upwards? Like we said, the vessel that a person made could exist for hundreds of years after the person dies. But when you throw the rock upwards, since you're doing yesh ma'ayin, you're doing something new. You're doing a new act for which there was no previous potential. How long will that rock continue to fly upwards? What's the answer? Only as long as your koach, you're still involved in it. As long as your energy that you put in the rock to make it fly upwards, as long as that's there, then the rock will fly upwards. But as soon as your energy stops, as soon as there's no more of your energy, the, the rock is going to fall. So you see that the rock, because you're doing something that there was no previous potential, it's against the nature of the rock to fly. How long will the rock fly upwards? Only as long as you're continuously pushing it. Now obviously you're not pushing it literally with your hand. You threw it out of your hand. But what does it mean that you threw something? You put your energy into the rock... And that's what's allowing the rock to fly upwards. And therefore it will continue to fly upwards only as long as your energy is still in it. And so the differentiation the Altarab is making between yesh miyesh and yesh ma'ayin, something from something or something from nothing, is that when you cause something from nothing, rationally, when you make something out of nothing, when there's no previous potential for it, it will only continue to be as long as you keep pushing it up, as long as it still has your energy in it. Well, let's give another example. If you have a puppet, you have a puppet. How? And the puppet obviously has no vitality. It's just a puppet. But when you're putting your strength in it, you're putting your hands in it, it's going to start singing and dancing and everything else, right? But as soon as you stop putting your energy in it, the puppet's going to fall down. It's an inanimate object. It's only as long as you're making the puppet walk. Again, because the puppet had no previous potential to, to sing and dance and walk. And therefore, only as long as your strength is invested in it, making it happen, that's how long it's going to happen. So to the Altar Rebbe saying, when it comes to the creation of the world, because there was no previous potential, so to speak, there was nothing, there was nothing other than God. So God is putting His energy, His light, His speech to make the world come into being from nothing. 
How long will that happen for? Only as long as God is continuing to do it. Only as long as God is continuing to do it. As long as God is continuing to put in the energy to speak reality into existence, existence will exist. Because there's the heat, it's yesh ma'ayin, it's something from nothing, there's no previous material, just like the rock will only fly upwards as long as you're strengthening it, and the puppet will only move and sing and dance, as long as you're putting your energy into it, so to when it comes to Hashem, the world and the world, the world every moment has to be being brought into existence right now by Hashem. Every moment. He has to speak it into existence. Is that clear? Any questions about that? Um, quick question. Yeah. So the the idea of bringing something Yeshmi Ayin is totally totally logical, but why can't we say that that's based on human logic? That that maybe that's we're because we think we think that way that that's impossible for there for there to be anything Yeshmi Ayin continuing by itself. Maybe Hashem can do that also. Oh. Like it's, I was hoping somebody was going to ask that. The question is that seemingly what the Alter Rebbe doesn't like, he's saying in human rational logic, we understand that when there's no previous potential for an act, for, for something to happen, you have to always be making it happen, just like the flying of the rock or the walking of the puppet, etc. So to Hashem, the Alter Rebbe proves to you in a way of Chabad, he proves to you rationally, it has to be that God is making the world every moment the same way. But the question is, but we believe God could do anything. God can't make a rock fly forever. God can't make that the world will continue to exist by itself. So that's a really good question. Hold it, because we're going to get back to it, okay? But that that's exactly what, what you should be wondering. The Alter Rebbe seems to be the Alter Rebbe seems to be comparing humans, the, the man's schemes to God. The Alter Rebbe seems to be the one that's saying, well, you know, rationally, we know that a human being can't make something that'll just continue, if it's against its nature, it will always exist. So, so too, Hashem must always be bringing exist- existence into being. Why? I mean, God could do anything. Very good question. So let's read further. Let's read further, because the Alter Rebbe brings an example. The Alter Rebbe brings an example not from the flying of the rock, not from a puppet, but the Alter Rebbe brings an example from Kriyas Yamsuf. The Alter Rebbe wants to prove this idea that an act that's yesh ma'ayin, that's something new, that you're doing something where there was no previous potential, it has to be being done every single moment. The Alter Rebbe is going to bring a proof for this from Kriyas Yamsuf, from the splitting of the Red Sea. Let's see inside. What's the Alter Rebbe's proof? Indeed, this is an even greater miracle, which, what is a greater miracle? The creation of heaven and earth, something out of nothing, is an even greater miracle than, for example, the splitting of the Red Sea, right? Because obviously creation of heaven and earth is, you know, what's, what, what's the miracle of the splitting of the Red Sea? That the water, water has no potential to stand. It's against, like just like a rock, water doesn't have... The nature, it's against the nature of the water to stand, right? So the, and, and yet, what does Hashem do? For then, by the splitting of the Red Sea, God drove back the sea by a strong east wind all the night, 
right? It says that how that Hashem Baruch Kadim Aza Kol Halayla. The pasuk says that it's not that it doesn't say that Hashem just snapped his fingers and the water just stood. It says that Hashem Kadim Halayla that Hashem brought an east wind the entire night. Hashem was making a wind come, a strong east wind all the night. Kol Halayla. What was holding the water up? This eastern wind, this continuous eastern wind, all the night, and the waters were divided and stood upright as a wall. The eastern wind is what caused the waters to stand like a wall. Now, here comes the same logic. If God had stopped the wind, the waters would have instantly flowed downward, as is their way and nature. And undoubtedly, they would not have stood upright as a wall. They wouldn't have been able to stand upright as a wall. Even though this nature... now, now And now he's going to explain, so wait, so what did Hashem do? So he's making water stand up against its nature. And, that's, and that, how long did that happen for? As long as Hashem was bringing the wind. As soon as the wind went away, the water fell down again. And the Altarba says, and that is even more of a, and, and, and that's not even as big of a miracle as the creation of heaven and earth. Why is that not as big a miracle as creation in heaven and earth? So the Altarba adds the next words. Even though this nature of water to flow downward is also created ex nihilo, the nature of water to flow downwards is also part of creation. Right, the the fact that that it's water's nature not to stand, that's part of the creation of the world. That's 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 within the water itself. So the creation of the world is a much bigger miracle because it's there's absolutely no nature of anything to do anything. There's no nothing. But water has the nature to flow downward. But you but that that nature of water to flow downward itself is something created. And what's the proof for a stone wall? stands erect by itself without the assistance of the wind. The altar brings a proof. Let's say a stone wall. The stone wall doesn't need wind. A stone wall stands by itself. So you see that with that, that what is the water doing? What are you doing to the water? You're just changing its nature. Hashem just changed its nature. Within reality, there are things that stand by themselves like a stone wall. And yet, what's, what's, what did Hashem do? He made that the water that by nature flows downward, Hashem made the water stand up. The nature of water is not so. Thus, if for the miracle of the splitting of the Red Sea, the continuous action of God was necessary, how much more so is it in the creation of being out of nothing? If, when it comes to the splitting of the Red Sea, Hashem had to continuously be doing it every single moment with the wind, how much more so when it comes to the reality does Hashem have to be doing it all the time? And therefore, again, the world is not anything other than Hashem's energy. But what's the Kavachomer? He's making a Kavachomer. If, when it comes to water standing upwards which is just changing the nature of water. Water exists already, you're just changing its teva, its nature, that even though it flows downwards, Hashem is making it stand still, how much more so, how much more so when it comes to the creation of heaven and earth, how much more so is it in the creation of being out of nothing, 
which transcends nature and is far more miraculous than the splitting of the Red Sea. How much more so that with the withdrawal of the power of the Creator from the thing created, God forbid, it would revert to naught and complete non-existence. If Hashem were to stop bringing reality into existence for a moment, it would zap out of existence and then revert back to non-existence. Rather, so we see from this proof from Kriyas Yamsuf, rather the activating force of the Creator must continuously be in the thing created to give it life and existence. These forces are the letters of speech of the ten utterances by which things were created. Okay? So the Alter Rebbe doesn't bring a proof from the flying of the rock or a puppet or anything like that. He brings a proof from Kriyas Yamsuf. Now let me ask you a question. What did we learn? Which heretics does the Alter Rebbe want to disprove over here? Which heretics does the Alter Rebbe want to disprove over here? Those that don't believe in divine providence and the miracles of the Torah. And so what does he bring a proof from to disprove those heretics? Miracles in the Torah. A miracle in the Torah. One of the greatest miracles that ever was. What's going on over here? You just said that you want to disprove the heretics that don't believe in miracles. So you bring a proof from Kriyas Yamsuf that that's how God creates the world. Why is he bringing... I mean, he, the Rebbe Rashab brought the proof from the flying of the rock. The Alter Rebbe couldn't figure that one out. He had to go to Chumash to, to Kriyas Yamsuf to bring up that proof. <clears throat> so the Lubavitcher Rebbe says, answers... That really, he what he's doing here is answering what Yishai's question was. He's answering not a question that the heretics would have. That's not why he's bringing Kriyas Yamsuf. He's bringing Kriyas Yamsuf to answer a question that Maminim have, that people that do believe in God have. In other words, <clears throat> inherent in the text of the Tanya is exactly what you were asking before. Not me. In other words, first he begins chapter two by answering the minim. <clears throat> he already ends if the, ready the first page, the beginning right over here to, on the bottom of the page. As soon as he said, as soon as he said yesh ma'ayin, as soon as he said to you, oh, you know why the, the, the how I'm going to disprove the heretics? You're wrong. You're comparing the creation of heaven and earth to a way that a human being makes something. But you're mistaken. Because that's not how, that, that when a human being makes something, it's just yesh me'esh. When God is creating the world, it's yesh and it's something out of nothing. Period. The Alter Rebbe answered the heretics. Don't you know, heretics, that when God created the world, there was no previous potential at all for anything? And so only as long as God is going to be doing it and bringing it into existence, that's how long it's going to happen. But at that point, a person that believes in God is going to speak up and say, wait, 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 one second, one second. But God could do anything. God doesn't need there to be a continuous thing. Why can't God have made it that it'll continue doing it by itself, that it'll continue to exist by itself? Hashem could have done that. For that question, the Alter Rebbe brings Kriyas Yamsuf. For that question of a mammon, of a person that does believe in God, that's why the Alter Rebbe brings Kriyas Yamsuf. Because what do you see by Kriyas Yamsuf? Kriyas Yamsuf is one of the greatest miracles that, were ever, that ever happened. And seemingly Hashem could have just made poof, 
that the water should just stand still. And yet, what do you see that God does? <coughs> God was bringing that eastern wind the whole night. So, you, so seemingly you could have said, well, God couldn't make that the water should stand by itself. Of course he did. He could. And in fact, there are some miracles that Hashem does things in such a way. But by the miracle of Chris Yamsuf, you see that there are sometimes, listen carefully, the miracle of Chris Yamsuf shows you that there are times that Hashem chooses to function within the way our rational mind understands. Which is why even a miracle like Chris Yamsev, which was a miracle, yet he still brought this eastern wind the entire night to keep the water standing like a wall. So even though seemingly it's a miracle, and yet Hashem still brings the, the wind the whole time. So you see that Hashem does choose at times to function within the way that our rational mind understands. And the creation of heaven and earth is the same thing. And that's what the, the, the question was asked, I think Bailey asked two days ago, the same question, how do I know that God needs all these Kabbalistic things, what Kabbalah says? The answer is the Torah is revealing, of course Hashem could have done it any way He wanted, but He chose to do it in a way that we could rationally understand how He's doing it. And that we see from Kriyas Yamsuf. Chris Yamsuf, he brings the wind the whole night, and any moment that the, and the water stops, the water is going to fall. The same thing when it comes to creation of heaven and earth, that Hashem is continuously bringing to existence all the time. And so the Alter ever really answered the, 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 the heretics and the believers. The heretics were asking, <clears throat> how do you know Hashem is involved? Well, the answer is because rationally, it's yesh ma'ayin, it's complete out of nothing. Only as long as that's going to be being brought into existence will that be. And if you ask, I, but God could do anything, you're right. And yet, what do we see by Kriyas Yamsuf? That the eastern wind was going the entire night. That made the water stand upright like a wall. So you see that Hashem sometimes does function in ways that our rational mind could understand. And Torah reveals to us that the creation of the world, really all the Seder Shtalshas, all of the downchaining of worlds, the way that God manifests in the world, is a way that we could rationally understand. Our minds could rationally understand as much as we can that the world is not an entity that exists. It's an entity that's being brought into existence every single moment by Hashem. And therefore, as we're going to learn, therefore it is nothing other than the energy of Hashem, the light of Hashem. That's, 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 that's the understanding of Yehuda Tata. Clear? Questions, comments, or witticisms? Before we stop for so today. Just to make sure I have this clear. So the, the whole reason why the Eastern wind was brought for, by the Yamsuf is to signal to us, to show us that Hashem is, is continuously creating the world. I mean, I wouldn't say that's the whole reason. There are many. Oh, there, the there are many explanations for things in Torah, but yes, that is that is the way the Alter is learning over here. That he wanted to show us right away that even when he's doing something miraculous like Chris Yamsuf, he's doing it in a way that we could see, we could understand how it's happening. So, so too, when it comes to the world existing, our rational mind says, if the world exists and it didn't have previous potential, then Hashem has to be bringing into existence every moment. He plays by his own rules. Yes. God. Right. That's like, like 
he sets things in motions and then he he keeps to them like right. he like he could do i mean like we can think of, of miracles like it comes to mind like stopping the sun which is like the opposite of that it seems like like moments where it really is outside of nature but i guess like like the thing that stands out for me with that is that like if you talk about hashem as like like a moral compass like a parent like the idea that he like sticks to what he says he's going to do is a message it's like a big message you know uh-huh. what I mean? like they say that that's like the best thing about parents and children like you know you can ex- like expectations are going to be met you're going to be consistent right like god does that also right and that's what the torah reveals to us that that there are times like you said like the standing of the sun or whatever that he won't that he does change things but we know we know the rule that a Baruch doesn't like changing nature. That's exactly right. We know that that the, the, all the Rishonim explain that God doesn't like making miracles. He likes the world to continue going in a natural way. And so we're learning now, and the very existence of the world is something that we could rationally understand how he's every moment bringing to existence because there was no previous potential, just like the flying of the rock. Yeah, 100%. The, the problem is, though, is that these other examples, like the this, this sun standing still under the, let's say, the, the, um, the hail sta- staying, you know, right, stopping the mid-sky. Those are examples where Hashem does seem to change Teva. How does the Altarebi know when to apply this rule, when not to? Well, so you see, Kriyas Yamsuf shows you that Hashem chooses to do it in some ways, in ways that even our mind could understand, right? And so the Altarebi is saying, the Altarebi is saying that this rational way of understanding is what the Pasuk in Tehillim that the Baal Shem Tov is bringing means. Of course we would only know by the, if Torah tells us when Hashem is functioning logically. Torah is telling us, the Pasuk in Tehillim is telling us that And that signals to you that over here in this case, your rational understanding applies. The way that you should look at the world, the Torah is telling you, is the way that Hashem sometimes, like Kriyas Yamsuf and like other times, does choose to function in a way that we could rationally understand. And rationally we understand if there's no previous potential, Hashem has to be bringing the world into existence every moment. Yeah? Okay, everyone. See everyone tomorrow.